is up everybody my name is brandon first aka first report representing the esbc gambling podcast network today is sunday june 7th 2020 it is time to talk a little major league baseball with you unfortunately when you're talking major league baseball you first must start with the current state of negotiations as we hopefully move towards a 2020 season excuse me um so the current state of negotiations and what's next what's on top or what's on uh, tap for the next coming weeks um, to hopefully get a deal done the other topic i want to talk to you about are five free agents not named yasiel puig that could be a good option for a national league team um, to pick up off the free agency wire probably pretty cheap um, to be an option at the designated hitter spot. And the third and final topic I want to talk to you about um, is looking back to April 29th, 2015, why it was not only relevant to um, what's going on in baseball now, but what's also going on in the world today. It's very interesting, so you definitely want to stick around for that. That's uh, doing my research, going through stuff like that. It kind of blew my mind how we- we've almost kind of gone in a circle in five years but before we get to that as i said you must first when you're talking baseball you have to start with the negotiations um as nearly every other major sports league in this country is getting rolling and announcing plans for a return the players and owners of major league baseball are still bickering at the negotiating table the owners agreed to honor the original deal made in march that would Um, pretty much prorate the salaries to the percentage of games played this season. Then, um, once that was pretty much finalized, then Major League Baseball sent a proposal, I'm sorry, the Major League Baseball's Players Union sent a proposal to the owners and the commissioner, um, pretty much outlying um, 114 game season. It was immediately rejected and pretty much everybody expected it to be rejected. I mean, this is a negotiation. I think the players want to be around 80, 80 games so they can get 50% of their salary. In the negotiation, you per, you start high. Okay, I don't think they expected anything more than a rejection. But the one concerning thing that I don't think they expected was not only was the proposal rejected, but there was not a counter offer sent back to the players' union. So, it's it's thought in the players' heads. Um, and they're the ones who have been dealing with the uh, with the major league owners and the commissioner for, you know, for a long time. They're expecting the owners to pretty much run out the clock until the only option is a 40 to 50 game season, because the owners, anytime that there is a game in their home ballpark and there are no fans in the stands. Any game, honestly, whether it's a home ballpark or not. If they're paying their players, they're taking a loss because they are not getting attendance and concessions uh, sales. So, 114 game season, that's 114 losses in a row. 80, 80 game season, that's 80 losses in a row. So what the owners are trying to do is to find the smallest amount for to give us fans without, you know, leaving the game like we did in 94 but still make as much or not lose as much money as possible if that makes sense so the players are seeing through what the owners are doing the ball is in the owner's court 
the owners really probably don't if it was up to them they wouldn't go on with this season they don't want to play until there are fans in the stands when we look at the nhl and the nba those owners they really don't have a choice mainly because the games are they've already played 70 games so they've had you know their their gate shares and all that stuff now obviously they'll miss playoff games and that'll be tough but they'll still have their TV money and stuff like that. Both of those leagues, they have to finish this season, I feel like. Baseball? I don't know if the owners feel like they have to f play this season out. As we look to what's next. Long term, <laughs> we look at the labor negotiations at the end of next season. Um, that will be uh, December 2021. The collective bargaining agreement will expire. This negotiation that's going on right now is small potatoes compared to that. The 2021 labor negotiation, I mean, that could turn into a full-fledged strike. A 40 to 48 to 50 game schedule is most likely the outcome. Um, despite the tough negotiation, if baseball isn't played, nobody gets paid no TV money comes through. There's no money flowing. So I have to feel like that the bare minimum will be 48 games to 50 games, and that's what we'll get because the owners and players pretty much know. If they take a zero, not only do they take a zero in their um, pocketbooks, but they also are losing fans. Personally, myself, I'm a diehard baseball fan. I'll watch it no matter what. But they are losing fans fans fast the longer this goes especially if the other leagues get started and baseball doesn't as we look at it from a strategic point um, terms on the baseball field if we get to a 48 to 50 games um, schedule it will mean because it's a shortened season and we have expanded playoffs a high majority of teams are going to be in playoff contention and the managers are going to be more aggressive early in the season. You're not going to see the rookie managers have that first couple months to kind of maybe feel things out. This is going to be a two-month season if we get, like I said, what I expect, a 50-game season. So the rookie managers like Jace Tingler, um, the David Rosses in Chicago, um, those guys are going to be at a disadvantage. They're not going to have that buffer zone to kind of feel the season out, feel their team out, the best way to build a lineup, the best way to build a bullpen. You got 50 games to figure that out. So fast starts are also going to be a difference. Last year, the Seattle Mariners got off to a 13-5 and five start and then obviously puttered off. Uh, dramatically but at the 50 game mark they were 23 and 27 which doesn't look great but that would still be in the con that would be within four or five games of a playoff spot under this current format by contrast that record was actually four games better than the Washington Nationals at the exact same point in the season we obviously know what the Washington Nationals did so that kind of shows you the difference in the shortened season also, in the National League, at the 50-game mark, three teams who didn't make the playoffs would have made the playoffs. Those three teams were the Chicago Cubs, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. The entire N NLCS, the Washington Nationals, and the St. Louis Cardinals, in a 50-game season last year, those two teams wouldn't even have made the playoffs. So that just shows you 
to how the 162 games down to 50 is so crucial and such a game changer. Um, and it's really something that is unprecedented, obviously. Um, I know in 95, when they were coming off of the strike year, it was a bit, but there were still 100, 100 plus games played. This is going to be like an NFL season with, you know, six games. An NBA season with 20 games. So it's very, very interesting to see how that's going to affect things and how it's going to affect betting lines. That's what we have to be ready for. Um, and that's what we're getting ready for. As we move on to the free agents that I think could be um, options. When we hopefully get this figured out, teams will be able to go out, uh, especially in the National League, and they'll have to fill in a, na uh, a DH spot. So, obviously, I've talked about him. Yasiel Puig is the number one option. He's not going to every single team. So, the teams that miss out on Puig, these, will, the other, um, these players will be the backup plans, if you will. So, Melky Cabrera, I think, is the best option besides Puig. He hit 280 last year with the Pirates. Um, he's always been a fielding um, liability. He's was a top hitter um, until he got popped for steroids a couple years back, and now has kind of come back. He's he's kind of a 270, 280 hitter that might give you about 10 to 15 home runs. Not the typical DH that you would see in the American League, but this is kind of uh, the National League having to go quickly. Another guy, this is a guy who fits the DH bill, and it's uh, Mark Trumbo. He is still available. Injuries the last two years have pretty much forced Trumbo onto the free agent market. He's a guy who's going to hit about 230 to 240 in a really good year, but he's going to hit 25 to 30 bombs in a full season. However, 2017 was the last time Trumbo had a full season, so you have to watch out for that. Obviously, there's a reason this guy's still on the free agent market, and injuries are a big reason why. In baseball, especially with power hitters, when you have those upper body uh, or a lower body, ooh, excuse me, lower body injuries, and you're a power hitter, those knees they go early, and once they go, you don't really get them back. So we'll see about that. Another is Hanley Ramirez. Um, had a terrible season last year was uh, designated for assignment from Cleveland after only 16 games. However, he could be a low-risk, high-reward guy. He could run into 10, 15, 20 bombs, and he's a good locker room presence. He's a guy who's been there, done that. Maybe not a qu quintessential leader, but is a guy that maybe Dominican um, players and Latin players can use as maybe a mentor. Um, as he was, he was around with, you know, David Ortiz and stuff like that, so he could be a mentor to some of those guys another guy who's very similar to mark trumbo in terms of where he is at his career is lucas duda he's got to fight off injury issues um and last year he he only played in 39 games another alarming stat this is a guy who's a power hitter he only hit four home runs in those 39 games if he does stay healthy and he does play in you know what, 50 game or well in this situation would be probably about 35 games you're going to need more than four home runs from your DH. So that could be a um, uh, something to watch out for. And the last one is somebody that I want to put an asterisk on saying that any team that signs this person should be open to public scrutiny. Um, and I'm talking about Addison Russell. Um, it is highly unlikely he will be signed as he was released. He actually had two bad seasons with the Cubs. 
Um, and then I think the Cubs um, were fortunate that they were able to release him after um, Addison Russell was suspended for domestic violence. Um, it's really, it's a bad story. You can go look it up if you want. It, it, it's a bad, bad situation. He's a bad dude. I hope he's changed. Um, who knows? But in baseball, people are always looking for an advantage. Addison Russell is by far the youngest person on this list. He's only 26 and he's probably outside of Puig has the most talent of anybody else I talked about. So there is that asterisk. Anybody who picks him up will immediately be under public scrutiny, but in a shortened season, if they can run out the clock on it and make it seem like it's not that big of a deal or who knows, maybe go and, and win a World Series. We saw it with R Roberto Asuna last year or a couple years back with the Astros um, going and picking him up and he was a guy who had a uh, sketchy past, to say the least. Moving on to uh, my third and final topic. Um, one that really is, like I said, it's very interesting. And it's April 29th, 2015. Um, let's take you back. Probably don't quite remember um, every exact thing that happened in 2015. It was not nearly as memorable as the year we're in right now. But I'll just give you a little background. On April 12, 2015, Baltimore, Baltimore police have a run-in with 25-year-old Freddie Gray. Gray runs from police. He's eventually caught. He's searched. They find an illegal switchblade on him, and he's arrested. Put into a police van. Freddie Gray would later die in police custody from what was um, categorized as, quote, spinal injuries. Weeks later, a video of the arrest comes out. We see the police pinning Freddie Gray down. We see a situation that is very reminiscent of what we saw with George Floyd. That could have possibly been the reason for the spinal injuries. It it's, it's not something I like to touch, but I am going to bring that up. I'm just reporting what I read. So I don't have to tell you the parallels of what was going on then to what's going on now. But why I'm bringing this up and why it's also tied into baseball and what's going on in baseball in an unrelated note is on April 29th, the Baltimore Orioles hosted the Chicago White Sox in baseball's first and only game behind closed doors. The city of Baltimore was going through three or four days of um, riots and, well, protests and then riots and similar things that were going on now, property destruction, stuff like that. A curfew was implemented. So the first two games of the White Sox-Orioles game um, series was canceled or, or were postponed. Game three, Major League Baseball decided you have to play it. Um, obviously, they moved it to 1 o'clock so that the 7 o'clock didn't mess with curfew, and they closed it to fans. It was very, very interesting, and obviously now this is what we're going to deal with if we get baseball back in 2020. We're going to deal with baseball behind closed doors. So we can look back to that game. It's unfortunate. I mean, it was only one game. You can't really take anything from it from a betting sense or really anything else. It was more of a one-off kind of a, a story that I've, I've known about. 
um, remember thinking about it when baseball announced that they're probably not going to have fans thinking, wow, well, we can go back to that game. But now everything that's going on in the world outside of baseball and what was going on outside in the world of baseball then, that's affecting it now. Um, I felt like it was my duty to kind of talk about this. And while it doesn't have a betting angle, it does have a very um, social and um, baseball-related situation going on. Um, obviously, like I said, it was played without fans. The players noted how eerie it was, um, the quietness of it. The broadcasters had to actually move studios over or, or kind of quiet themselves because... The feeds um, between WGN and um, I believe it's Masson um, where you could hear the announcers from the other booth talking. All the microphones were picking that up. Um, the fans or the players had some fun with it as much as they could. It was somewhat of a serious situation that was going on outside, but you saw a lot of uh, players running out to their positions and waving to imaginary fans. Obviously, we've seen this situation going on in Korean baseball, uh, the Korean baseball organization. And if you know anything about Korea and baseball in Korea, fans are a lot more important there than they are here. Let's just be honest. It's a um, European soccer style atmosphere. They're, ch they're chanting the whole game. They have the thunder sticks that drive me crazy but they love them over there, and it's a atmosphere. It's an atmosphere to go to those games. So the KBO is obviously pretty much a month into their season. They're, they're going for it all. They're going 144 games. They haven't had any hiccups yet, um, but some of the things they've done to combat the whole no fans in the stands situation, you've seen um, the cheerleaders are still there, which is a little ironic. They're cheering for absolutely nobody, but that's cool, I guess. Um, we've seen cardboard cutouts, um, fans, buying um, things or pretty much paying a certain amount of money, sending their picture in and people putting them on a card, their face on a cardboard cutout um, in the stands. We've seen, um, unfortunately, we've seen sex dolls be used in certain, I believe that was a soccer venue. Um, they used dolls that they thought, wow, these are just really lifelike and found out later that it was, they were uh, dolls for um, other uses. So it's, Korea has is kind of the leader or the trendsetter, if you will. The one that Major League Baseball is looking at right now to set the tone for how to play baseball without fans. While I don't expect the Padres to be putting SpongeBob SquarePants and Minnie Mouse in the front row, there will be something I assume, and unfortunately, knowing the way baseball works, it will probably be something financially motivated, but you know what? That's okay. Hey, if it cost me $5 um, to, uh, I don't know, be on a Zoom Zoom watch meeting behind home plate, that would be pretty cool. So that's really all I have for you today. Um, can't really wait to get deeper into this as even if baseball doesn't happen, it's, it's still a big if. I do expect it to happen. NBA is returning. And if you remember what we were doing before COVID shut down basketball, we were on fire. In the NBA, Josh, Brandon, and Raider Jim, we're killing it. We are coming back with the NBA tomorrow night. Very excited to announce that. I will be hosting, and Josh, and hopefully Brandon, will be able to uh, really break down the, the situation the NBA is in right now. Such a weird situation in terms of 
pretty much the regular season doesn't count anymore. It's 22 teams playing an eight-game schedule, and the best move on, you know, and one through 16 are seeded. Uh, they'll they'll break it down for you. I'm really excited to get down to the nitty gritty because the NBA, we are in a recession, folks. Everywhere outside of this podcast is in a recession. But if you follow our rules at our website, ecosystemsbusinessconcierge.com, follow the rules that we set out to you, the rules of betting, this is a recession-free zone. This is how we fight the recession. All other sports podcasts have been slowed down during the corona because there's nothing to talk about. There's no sports. We've taken it the other way. While everyone else is worrying about other things, we are the ones that are doing the research all season, all off season pretty much, and getting you ready so that when the season does start, we can make money quick. Because like we said, everything outside of this is in a recession. You're feeling it. I'm feeling it. I don't have to tell you that. We're going to feel it more. But we've done the research here. Follow our rules. Listen to what we got to say. We're coming out with stuff every single day. And I mean, I, I sit here and I say, listen to us, blah, blah, blah. Just go listen to a couple podcasts that we have in the back, um, backloaded, you know, NFL podcasts, maybe some of the college basketball stuff. A lot of the stuff we bring is educational. It's high re-listening value. If you're skeptical, all of our picks are on Twitter. We were on a run of almost 42 and five. We were about that when we were talking college basketball. We were ready to run through March Madness. And the best part of all of this, besides the fact that we're transparent, it's free. We don't ask you for anything. We would like you to reach out to us. Um, you know, like, share, follow me on Twitter at First Report. That's the best place. Um, pretty much any social media, First Report, that's where I'm at. Give me a holler. Can't wait to get back to you. Um, like I said, tomorrow night, I'll be hosting the NBA show. Really excited. Um, then we got political stuff going Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Josh has done a great job with um, John Oda, uh, Matt Boyd, just uh, a bunch of guys that have really shown in the climate that we're in perfect um, knowledge and it hits home with everything that we got going on. So while we have the sports betting covered, we also have the political side and the life side covered as well. I will be back with you next week. Hopefully, we'll be talking Major League Baseball because something will have been signed this week. But we will see. Of course, Wednesday, myself and Brandon Lupian will be breaking down the top five betting stories of the week. Head to EcosystemsBusinessConcierge.com. Check out all of our content. It's all educational. It's all there for you to make money watching sports that's what we're all about folks that's all i got for you today once again my name is brandon first aka first report representing the esbc gambling podcast i will talk to you soon have a wonderful day don't forget don't hate and go wash your hands take care and I get a limousine stuck out there a mile